Hello again. It's another Grim Reading mini special. And this time, we're talking Patreon. We've had a lovely break. Uh, we're back in our castles now, getting the new series ready to go. But we're still a little way off, so we thought, in the meantime, instead, we'd shamelessly plug our Patreon. Absolutely shamelessly, yeah. Any opportunity. <laughs> we may have mentioned it a couple of times in the past. So, in this episode, we're going to explain how you can support us on Patreon and the benefits on offer. Then we've got a few exciting things to announce that are coming up for our patrons. And finally, we're going to play a clip from our patron-only podcast, Grim Fables, where something quite extraordinary happened. And then we're going to round off with some patron shout-outs. And finally, finally, we've got another podcast trailer to play from another podcast friend. This is all incredibly exciting. I wasn't expecting uh, another episode until Series 4 kicked off, so this is... Wow, lucky what you. What a treat. What you mean by that is everyone's going to be like, when are you going to start Series 4? <laughs> <laughs> no one's thinking that. No one's thinking that. So, first of all, Adam, if I wanted to become a patron, what are my options? Thank you so much for asking, Matt. I am always happy to help in this department. So, brilliant. on Patreon, we have four separate tiers available. So, for $1 a month, mm. you can be an elf. And as an elf, you get the honour of voting for every fourth story we read on the podcast. Well, wow, that's huge already. That is gigantic, Matt, and it only gets bigger from there. Wow. Because for $5 a month, you will become a fox. Now, Ooh. as a fox, you will gain access to our monthly Grim Fables podcast. More on that shortly. And, of course, you get to vote in the story poll. Wow, joining the Renards. Very exciting. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but it doesn't end there because for $10 a what? month, you will join the ranks of the wolves, where you get all that and a Grim Reading mug featuring our iconic artwork created by Ruth Spear. Surely that's it. Surely that's the end. It must end there, right? It's got to end there. It's got, but no, because what? finally, for $25 a month, you will join the illustrious, generous, grim reading huntsman slash women, where you'll get to vote in the story poll, have access to the Grim Fables podcast, and you get a mug and a grim reading t-shirt. Whew. Elves, foxes, wolves, and huntsmen slash women. That's it. Those are your four tiers. Yeah. That all sounds great to me. But if, if that sounds terrible to you and you don't want any of that, but you do want to support us, there is the option on Patreon of making a one-off custom payment as well, if you want to do that. Patreon also now present the tiers in local currencies as well. It's no longer just dollars. So it'll be displayed in your own currency, uh, pounds, euros, yen, etc. Fantastic. <laughs> we are so excited about this. this is <laughs> it's been going two years. <laughs> Come on, we're talking currencies. I'm loving this. We do have a few ideas for how to jiggle the tears around maybe in the future. And we definitely would like to add some more rewards and the like. But that's kind of working for now. So we're going to stick with that for the time being. Well, let's stick with that. Don't just go jiggling my tears quite yet. Thank you. Elves, foxes, wolves and huntsmen. Yes, as it should be. Brilliant. And also, I think we both just want to make it very clear that uh, if you don't want to support us financially, that's totally fine as well. We're just absolutely thrilled 
that you're listening to us and enjoying the podcast. The Pied Piper and Patron Q&A. In the next few weeks and months, we do have a few new treats coming for our wonderful patrons. Ooh. Well, first of all, speaking of uh, tear jiggling, we are thrilled to say that we're working with an artist on a new piece of original Grim Reading artwork. And we're hoping to be able to use that for some new goodies for patrons. But we'll make announcements on that shortly when it's ready. Uh, for now, though, within a week of this episode coming out, we will be releasing the long-promised special episode, The Pied Piper. Oh, this is exciting news. <laughs> We've been talking about this for ages, and it's finally happened. Ah, yes. We sat down, didn't we, Adam? We recorded it. It's we did. been recorded. And for one time only, we put our detective hats on. And uh, I believe you said we turned into a true crime podcast briefly. That's what it felt like. So, I mean, that's exciting already. True crime podcasts are very popular. So let's see. We're switching up the format to get more. To, we're selling out. We're selling out. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're selling, selling out, out big time. But to solve a very important mystery. Mm. So. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm. Tantalizing. <laughs> so the Pine Piper is uh, the first episode in a planned series of fairy tales from outside the Brothers Grimm getting the full Grimm reading treatment. So that'll be out uh, within a week. It's going to be available on our patron-only podcast. But if you prefer, you can actually buy the episode in a one-off payment for a couple of quids. This was causing us a real headache for quite a long time, how to, <laughs> how to make this possible. But we finally uh, found a way to do it, thanks to Rex Factor. Good old Rex Factor. Yeah, the guys at Rex Factor once again leading the way. We're following in their wake, <laughs> as ever. So, it, you know, if you don't want to become a patron, if that's too much of a commitment, uh, you can buy that episode for a couple of quid. Head to payhip.com slash grimreading. So that's P-A-Y-H-I-P dot com slash grim reading and you'll be able to buy the episode and download it as an mp3 you don't have to sign up to pay hip or anything like that it's just literally a few clicks and and yeah you'll be hanging out with the pied piper i mean if if you want to hang out with the pied piper i mean i'm <laughs> oh, yeah. not gonna say too much i'm not gonna say too much in a week's time that will be out and ready to go very exciting that's very exciting indeed but it doesn't stop there adam we got another treat in store in november we're going to be doing a Q&A episode. Yes. We'd like our patrons to send in any questions that you might have for us. Silly, serious, whatever. Any questions, welcome. And then Adam and I are going to sit down by the fire, have a little tipple, and go through the questions. That's the plan. We've already had quite a few questions come in on Patreon. Yeah, we did already put this out to our patrons, and the response was quite amazing actually so we've decided we're definitely going to be going ahead with this we weren't sure really if people were interested in asking us questions but, but it turns people out they are. have got questions so we are here to answer them yeah but please keep the questions coming so to have access to that q a episode uh, you'll need to be a five dollar patron or above uh, because you will need to join the fable stable grim fables Grim Fables, a.k.a. The Fable Stable, is our patron-only podcast that we release uh, in monthly episodes. Each episode, Adam reads me a bunch of Aesop fables. I pick a number out of the air, and Adam finds the fable in one of his Aesop books, and then we delve in. 
yet and neither of us will have read or even heard of that fable uh, i read it blind and we react to it in real time yeah there's no research in there at all it's quite it's much more light-hearted it's just chilled out we've got a book of aesop's fables and then yeah. we try and understand what's going on in them yeah so sometimes we succeed <laughs> sometimes we might not and grim fables is also a space where we discuss extra bits and bobs from the Grimm's fairy tales that we couldn't fit into the regular Grimm reading episodes. Now that could be a whole story. So earlier this year, we had an amazing transformation chase from the Arabian Nights. And we also had an episode where we traced Baba Yaga through popular culture in the 21st century. Well, that was an absolute hoot. Uh, ended up with us imagining Baba Yaga as Keanu Reeves. That was fun. <laughs> And we've had a good few movie reviews as well, including uh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters and the Snow White Disney movie as well. And we also had uh, a highlight for me was where we talked about the love life of Wilhelm Grimm. I mean, scintillating stuff. Right. If you want, if you wanted the gossip, you come to the right place. I mean, if that's not going to persuade you to become a patron, I don't, I don't know what will. The, love, the saucy love life of Wilhelm Grimm. People are on the edge of their seats, about to fall onto the floor. So what we're going to do now is we're going to play a clip from Grim Fables, November 2020, which was a special moment because we stumbled on the tortoise and the hare, the most famous Aesop fable there is. So for this, I was, I was originally thinking that we could hand-select some of the great fables we've had and play them here. Uh, but in the end, I thought, let's just play all three fables we did in that episode and that will kind of give a feel for how like hit and miss it can be with Aesop <laughs> and also I don't know if you remember Adam but this is one of the highlights from my my like podcast audio career my life even wow okay <laughs> so how it works is Adam reads the fable after I pick a number at random between 1 and 358 well remembered do you remember this, Adam? Through some divine magic, I somehow managed to pick the tortoise and the hare, having stated that I was aiming for the tortoise and the hare. It was... <laughs> Magical? I mean, I, one of those moments you're glad you're recording, because no one would believe you. Yeah, we'd be run out of town trying to convince people of that. And then it got better, because in a rare moment of insight, we kind of also worked out why it's so famous and perhaps so much better than the other fables as well. So we, we were firing on all cylinders in that episode, which isn't always the case. So it's about 20 minutes long. So we're going to play the, the clip from our patron-only podcast, Grim Fables, in full. Enjoy a little trip to ancient Greece. Take it away, Matt and Adam. Is it that time of the podcast then? Do we get on to Aesop's fables? Let's do it. Let's have a few Aesop fables. Should we have, I don't know, what, three? Yeah, three feels like a good number. It's the, ma it. it's the magic number after all. Well, Indeed. speaking of magic numbers, Matt, give me a number between one and 358. Number 317. A shepherd who led a wolf into the fold. And the dog. A shepherd penning his sheep in the fold for the night, was about to shut up a wolf with them, when his dog, perceiving the wolf, said, Master, how can you expect the sheep to be safe if you admit a wolf into the fold? 
The company of the wicked in itself causes most harm and even death. <laughs> what? That was a punchy one. Yeah. Sort of didn't go anywhere. But... I feel like that's like primary school level Aesop. Yeah. yeah. Like kindergarten Aesop, right? Like, yeah. Or like the the lesson. It's like, well, yeah, obviously don't shut a wolf in the, sh- with the, sheep. the fold with your sheep. <laughs> because it will kill them all. And the dog's it, like, don't yeah. do that. There's a wolf in there. Yeah. And that's it. And the, me- the moral is again, the company of the wicked in itself causes most harm and even death. So just being around the wicked causes most harm and even death. Yeah. So just being around bad people is bad. Is bad, yeah. You. Surround yourself with good folk. Yeah, yeah I think even on a, a less dramatic level than causes death, <laughs> it's just good for you to be around good people, good people isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I almost feel like, yeah, that would... It could just be like an expression, isn't it? Like, oh, you've shut the wolf in the... Oh, well, there is. The wolf in the hen house, right? That's yeah, a little more so. aggressive as an expression. Like the wolf in the hen house is like mayhem. But I you could say like, oh, you shut the wolf in the fold or something. That'd be a cool expression, wouldn't it? Yeah. The wolf's, the wolf in, the in the fold. The wolf's in the fold. It yeah, sounds it means... like, like code. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like 19... <laughs> the wolf's in the fold. <laughs> Cold War spy movie. Yeah. The wolf is in the fold. <laughs> and they just walk past each other. Yeah. If you could say the wolf's in the hen house or whatever the, the expression is, that's more like stuff's getting real right now. But if you yeah. say that the wolf's in the fold, it's it's a bit more brooding. Bit more yeah, honest. like in, in situ- I don't know why I'm justifying an expression I'm inventing. But, no, um, it's good. I, I like thanks, it. Man. I prefer it as an expression to a, a fable. Yeah. It's a shame we're not doing a podcast on expressions, but... What do you reckon about the fable? Yeah, not. I'm not bowled over by it, to be honest. I no. think the title was better than the fable. <laughs> It was longer as well. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> should we move oh, on? Dear. I think we should move on. Pick another number, Matt, between 1 and 358. Right, I'm going to aim for the tortoise and the hare. <laughs> so let's see if I hit the mark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it's slow and steady wins the race, so maybe it'll be a, a large number What towards the end of the book. Maybe. I have actually no sort idea. Hammer the message home. Was it out of 358? Yeah. All right, well, let's say... Three five one. <laughs> what is it? What is it called? What is it called? This one is called the tortoise and the eagle. No, but I'm <laughs> just saying. I yeah. don't know if I should tell you this or not. I'm gonna tell yeah. you. Yeah. If you'd have picked three five two, you'd have the tortoise and the hare. Are you actually joking? I'm not joking. That is incredible. What? I'm a genius. You're an actual genius. I'm like a some sort of psychic. I'm pretty sure we've read this one. What? The tortoise and the eagle. Oh, all right. Well, three five two. <laughs> Should we do it? Three five two. The hare and the tortoise. The hare was once boasting of his speed before the other animals. I have never been beaten, said he. When I put forth my full speed, I challenge anyone here to race with me. The tortoise said quietly, I accept your challenge. That is a good joke, 
said the hare. I could dance round you all the way. <laughs> Keep your boasting till you're beaten, answered the tortoise. Shall we race? So a course was fixed and a start was made. The hare darted almost out of sight at once, but soon stopped and, to show his contempt for the tortoise, lay down to have a nap. The tortoise plodded on and plodded on, and when the hare awoke from his nap, he saw the tortoise just near the winning post and could not run up in time to save the race. Then said the tortoise, Plodding wins the race. <laughs> now, uh, you expect me to say something slightly different from the moral, won't you? That what's the what's the famous uh, expression that everybody says? Slow and steady wins the race. That's it. But in this book, <laughs> it's plodding wins the race. Yes. <laughs> Plodding wins plodding. the race. It's like I always what? say, plodding wins the race. Why didn't that catch on as much? <laughs> Slow and steady. Slow and steady? No, plodding. Plodding wins the race. <laughs> I try saying that to people or in yeah. work. You know, what, you know what they say? Plodding wins the race. Like, could you just do that a bit quicker? No, it's like I always say, plodding wins the race. And I'm going to just oh. plod on through my work. I love that. That was great. No, that's not great. It's the big one. I can't believe already. I know. It feels wrong. It does feel <laughs> wrong. <laughs> this is the most famous one. I love the the version that you read as well. It was quite um, quite flowery, I guess. It said, you yeah. know, the hair was contemptuous, so he had a rest. Whereas yeah. in, in my mind, the hair is normally just like, eh, I'm just, he's so confident. Yeah. That he just, I guess it's kind of the same thing. Well, it's, it's not quite, is it? It's more like... You might do it just quietly to yourself because you're like, you can. Like, I've got yeah. time for this because yeah. I'm winning so well. Whereas he's doing it as a sort of ostentatious display of like, yeah. look what I can afford to do because I'm superior to you. So, yeah, it yeah, is a it's true. Yeah, it does change it. But, yeah, plodding <sighs> wins the race. I've got a lovely uh, illustration there. Oh, let's show see. You, show you that on camera. Oh, does that say Finnis? Yeah, That's great. It it's just a lovely uh, picture of a turtle or a tortoise, yeah. rather. Oh, let's see the hair down there. Oh, that's nice. There's a snail with him. Oh, did you see? Uh, oh, yeah, there is. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, that was fantastic. Wow. I loved it. It's so hard to know what to say because you feel you I have know. the weight of that story's legacy on yeah. your shoulders. And this is why I like to come to Grim Reading prepared before I start <laughs> speaking. Yeah. Um, actually, I mean, maybe there's, you know, there's probably so much to say about this. It might be worth one of us having a look at this for December's fables. Yeah, just to true. See if Looking there's into the history of it, some cultural impact. I mean, yeah, there is the most famous Aesop's fable. Yeah. And we all know the expression slow and steady wins the race. Like it's a concept yeah. we're familiar with. And we all know the tortoise and the hare as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's so ingrained in our culture and it's so powerful. It's just echoed down the ages. Yeah. I think because a lot of the ones we've read so far, you know, we know the moral in a way. Like yeah. often you, you know, you sum it up in a modern expression. Yeah. Which is quite amazing in itself that that has echoed down. But this one, specifically the fable, has also... Absolutely, yeah. ...survived. Yeah. 
And as you say, you know, slow and steady wins the race is 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 famous. But you just read plodding wins the race. So yeah. where did where did slow and steady come? Was that a very specific translation, possibly like in the Victorian era or something? Like why why that expression? Because yeah, it's a specific I, yeah coin of phrase, isn't it? And also, as you've said before, like the original Greek fables didn't have morals attached to them, did they? That was uh, a later. No, exactly. Invention. That was added by later yeah. collectors. Yeah. But the tortoise and the hare, as I, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is, yeah, the actual fable, the image of that race, has survived. Not just completely. The, the, Not the just wisdom. the more, No, we're we're familiar yeah. with the tale of the the tortoise and the hare, the hare and yeah. the tortoise. Do you think it? Do you think it stands head and shoulders above the other ones? Like, do you think if it wasn't famous, we'd be like, this is a hidden gem? I think, like, like any anything like this, it suffers from hype. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it? It's like, <laughs> yeah. Not to say it's been overhyped, but I mean, it's not necessarily the best one we've ever read, is it? I don't think. Your words, your words, Adam, not mine. What are your words then? I've given you my words. Let's get some of Matt's words. Yeah, you're probably right. Maybe not. It's not. <laughs> yeah. the, it's not the most fun necessarily. No, but it's iconic, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? It is iconic, but why is it iconic? I don't know. Do you think it it nails that formula that we kind of came up with that you have to have a really solid moral, you know, a really good bit of life advice, a life lesson, wisdom, yeah, matched with a great kind of visual, like uh, yeah. an easily recognizable sort of story. No, exactly. That that illustrates that well. Uh, yes, you need, exactly. You need those three elements. You need a good moral. You need a kind of colourful story and you need the two to match each other. Yeah, I, I think if there is a formula for a good Aesop's fable, like this is the one that gets it so right, like it pairs it down mm-hmm. to its most essential form, mm-hmm. doesn't it? it? It, You know, tortoises are known for being slow. Hares are known for being fast. They're yeah. against each other in a race. You can picture it. It's clear. Yeah. There's nothing to muddy the waters. The moral's yeah. clear. It just, it's boiled down to its essential parts. I think in a way right. that other stories maybe aren't or don't quite. Like it, the, the moral also chimes with the essential nature of these animals. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's true as well. Yeah, that matches. Whereas, was it last month? The the hares who committed suicide. Yeah, it's like well, hares aren't f- known for committing suicide. It's <laughs> <No>. what, <laughs> but also, along the lines of what you were saying there, perhaps it's the only one that's like completely compact in itself. Because I was thinking of you know one of my one of our favourites is the eagle and the arrow, which we did way back at the start, um, where an eagle gets shot with an arrow, and yeah. the arrow has got the feather from the eagle. From him, yeah. But then you know. That is a kind of extra bit of detail that you need. That involves action that took place off screen, as it were. Sure. Someone taking the eagle's feather. But this yeah. one, literally nothing. It doesn't refer to anything outside no. of the, self-contained, it, the story. Yeah. It's completely self-contained. And it's a very kind of concrete story without alluding to anything outside of the narrative, if that 100%. makes sense. No, Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's 100% contained in ways as well that you don't need kind of um you don't need any sort of cultural context so something like a bow and an arrow for example we don't use that anymore but we all know a tortoise and a hare and we know about races like nothing is lost 
over the centuries with that story. No, does that make sense? You don't lose anything. It's all so self-contained, and it uh, yeah, it's true to the natures of the animals as well. So. Yeah, maybe. I think we're working out why this is so good, actually. Yeah, I, think, I think we're getting to the bottom of it. It is a good yeah. story, isn't it? I can't believe it, we yeah. stumbled across it. And it's almost like the kind of shortest possible narrative you could have as well. I mean, it's, it's really, really boiled down. It's just a fast animal and a slow animal have a race. Yeah, exactly. So the story was really quick, but there's just so much in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. But uh, I yeah. just, I mean, something's just occurred to me, like, it's so ubiquitous this idea mm. of a of a hare representing speed, a tortoise representing lack of speed. Like I, I'm thinking of I remember using <laughs> this is gonna sound totally strange, but using a lawnmower and on the controls oh for the speed, the symbols are a hare and a tortoise. And I think you see that all over. It's just like What you have a memory of that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like, it's just everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, There's no, an Ikea advert on at the moment. The whole concept is the hare and the tortoise. Yeah. Because, it, because it's universal, because it's yeah. not culturally bound. Yeah. And it doesn't require anything else except the knowledge that hares that fast are fast and slow. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. And it all totally chimes with the nature of the animal. Yeah, it's a great little fable. I love it. I, I love, love it, it too. <laughs> Do you now think it's the best fable of all time? I think it might be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, would you be up for maybe having a look at, see if you can find any interesting I'll factoids? I'll do some research and we'll have okay. a look at, we'll sort of regroup in the December episode. and have That a, sounds great. Have a catch up. Fantastic. Should we, should we squeeze one more in? Let's do it. Let's squeeze another Let's one in. Let's see what tortoise and the hare is sandwiched between. So... Let's go with three, five, three. The geese and the cranes. The geese and the cranes fed in the same meadow. A bird catcher came to ensnare them in his nets. The cranes, being light of wing, fled away at his approach, while the geese, being slower of flight and heavier in their bodies, were captured. It is also like this with people. When a city is taken in war, the poor people easily save themselves by migrating from one land to another, thus preserving their liberty. But the rich are held back by the weight of their wealth and often become enslaved. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That, what is that? That is so tortured. It's tortured. Logic. It's not true. <laughs> it's, it's not what <laughs> that shows at all. That's <laughs> not what that shows. What is that? That's a disgrace of a moral. <laughs> That's not even a moral. Wow. That's not a moral, no. <laughs> That's a history lesson. Yeah. Wait, so let's get this straight. So there was some there was some geese and swans? No. Uh, uh cranes. There were some geese and cranes feasting somewhere, whatever. Yeah. And in then a, a, a bird catcher comes to get them. You know, these the, bird catchers. The cranes flap out of there and the geese because they're so ungainly they can't get away yeah therefore in war when <laughs> the poor can flee and retain their liberty the rich must suffer because they're weighed down by their wealth is that am i on to am I yeah on to but it? i mean you're paraphrasing that's essentially the mo- the moral yeah. here and if i can call it moral it's not moral yeah and also it's not true 
like poor people suffer more than rich people. That I would have that thought is, that's yeah. obvious. Yeah, that's that's the poor don't suffer in war. You've got it easy. <laughs> the poor rich people who have all this gold weighing them down, they can't escape the the war. No, oh, this is money as hell. You've no idea, poor people. <laughs> You're so lucky. Your pockets okay. aren't full of gold. So you're saying it's unfair. Okay, I hear you. But what if there was a <laughs> war? <laughs> okay. Oh, you're, you're actually right there. We'd actually be better off in that situation. Right? Okay. Yeah. On you go, poor people. <laughs> <laughs> this is, oh, this is a disgrace. <laughs> Do you see how that isn't a timeless fable Yeah, that's lesson? not timeless. That's, no. that's bad. That is a bad one. <laughs> also, cranes and geese are fairly similar. I know. They could have said like uh, cranes and elephants or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. or, or like... Elephants are very slow to get off the ground. They are. Flapping their ears like Dumbo. I think we've all we've done there is make the tortoise and the hare look better. Absolutely. Even better than it already does look. I, I, I mean, don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I think I know what's going to be favourite fable. Let's do it. Should we should we choose our favourite fable? Let's Are we do done it. destroying that last fable? <laughs> I think we've <laughs> eviscerated it, put it right in its place. So first of all, we had the shepherd who let a wolf into the fold and the dog. The company of the wicked in itself causes most harm and even death. Then we had the hare and the tortoise. Plodding wins the race. And finally, the geese and the cranes. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Can't wait for this. It's offensive. I don't want to say it. <laughs> You've got to say it. It is also like this with people. When a city is taken in war, the poor people easily save themselves by migrating from one land to another. <laughs> Listen to this, yeah, Adam. All right, we're talking listen. about refugees here. Yeah, we're down the pub. I'm like, listen, Adam. I've got listen, a lesson right. for you, mate. When a city is taken in war, the <laughs> poor people easily save themselves by migrating from one land to another, thus preserving their liberty. Yeah, exactly. But the rich are held back by the weight of their wealth and often become enslaved. <laughs> it's just not true. <laughs> yeah, it's not even remotely true. I mean... Oh, this is a tough one. Wonder what favourite fable is this month. I mean, yeah. It's got to be the hare and the tortoise. Plodding wins the race. It's unanimous. It's the big one. And it's it's a genuinely good fable. Yeah. And it holds up definitely well to these other two. Yeah, sandwiched between those two. It's, yeah. it's a delicious filling. It makes it shine. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. There you go. That's a little snippet of the Fable Stable for you. Maybe there are some appetites out there that have been wetted. Certainly hope so. Finally, we're going to start giving patron shout-outs. I don't know why, but it's something that we've never really done before. Um, so it's high time, I think, that we give some shout-outs. Well, so I've got a list of names in front of me now. I'm not going to read out all the patrons because there are just too many. So we're going to spread them out over several episodes. But many heartfelt thanks from myself and Matt to William Gergen, Joe Whitaker, Wojtek Heckel, Michael Dean Jackson, Caroline Higgins, Ruth Spear, Sol, David Whitley, Christopher Graham, 
Nicole Allen, Emma Hapner, Joan Stacknick, Joseph Astor, Alex Kim, and Sonia Anderson-Lange. Thank you, all of you. Thank you so much. A massive Grim Reading shout out. I don't. I still don't think we can quite believe it that you support us like no. that. So thank you. And sorry, it's taken so long <laughs> to give our shout out. Yeah. We're on it now. <laughs> it's going to happen. So finally, finally, to play us out, we've got a trailer from the latest member of the Rexypod family, Tudoriferous. They are looking at and ranking the various persons of interest from the Tudor era. And they've just started and uh, have sent us a trailer. So over to Lucy and Michelle to tell you more. Hello, I'm Lucy. And I'm Michelle. And together we present Tudoriferous, a fortnightly podcast that examines the lives of people living in the Tudor era. Before rating them on intrigue, Rise and Fall, Martyrdom, Posterity, and Portraiture, which is flauntiflant. <laughs> Over the next few years, we'll be covering the lives of around 200 people. Soldiers, artists, courtesans, alchemists, composers, spies, pretenders, philosophers, poets, martyrs, ambassadors, misogynists, astronomers, fanatics, double agents, mathematicians, pirates, bankers, politicians, explorers, actors, bishops, rebels, painters, courtiers, treasure hunters, priest hunters, printers, lovers, physicians, diplomats, dissolvers of monasteries, mystics, historians, economists, murderers and foreign potentates. So if any of that appeals to you, why not join us on Tudoriferous? The podcast is available on Podbean, Apple, Google, and Stitcher, as well as many others. We hope to see you soon in the late 15th and 16th centuries. Thanks to Matt and Adam for giving us the opportunity shamelessly to plug our podcast. Well, thanks, guys. Exciting to have a new podcast in the family. Absolutely, yeah. It sounds like a brilliant idea, and I'm looking forward to listening to it. Well, do you think we've shamelessly plugged our Patreon enough this evening? I would say almost definitely for this evening, but we'll be back. (laughs) We'll be mentioning it regularly. (laughs) In fact, probably even in the outro, it's probably the first thing you mention, I think. I think think, it is, Which is coming very shortly. (laughs) (laughs) But it has been a lot of fun. I'm very happy to be uh, back in the castle around the, the toasty fire. I can feel Series 4 just just around the corner. It's, it's on its way. Pie Piper's done. Summer holidays are done. We're out of the meadow. We're back in the castle. It's now all systems go, basically. Yes. And I, for one, am excited. <laughs> I, for two, am excited. But until that time, keep it grim. Keep it grim. Bye. Bye. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash grimreading to find out how, and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can, of course, email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at grimreading. You can find us on Podbean, podbean.com slash grimreading. And we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim. <laughs>